Vision Sunday, you're like, what is Vision Sunday? It's a time where we just come together every year. And I like to start out the year with a word, with a thought. And, um, and it's also an opportunity to just talk about the church, where we're going, and, and really about you personally. I want there to be vision. I hope you have a vision day in your life every year um, where you look forward and so much coming up. I got some exciting stuff to share today, but you'll have to wait till the end of the message for that. And uh, then honestly, over the next four to six weeks or so, there's other really, really big vision things that are coming up that I, I can't wait to announce with you, but I just it's not ready today. It's got to bake a little longer, y'all. Um, but I'll be excited to share that with you. So make sure you don't miss a Sunday. And next week, we begin a brand new series called Forward. It's going to be a great series that I think will help you personally. And um, then we have Momentum Nights coming up. You may be wondering, what is a Momentum Night? They are nights where we bring all of our leaders together, kingdom builders, small group leaders, dream team leaders. And uh, that's going to be a special night. I am going to share with you some things I can't share on the Sunday yet. So make sure you are in the room on February the 8th and in Richmond on February the 10th. But just a lot going on, everybody. You ready for it? It's going to be the best year. Come on, do you have faith for that? I believe it's going to be the best year that you've had. How many of you have ever done this? You thought the car was in drive. It was actually in reverse. And then you hit the gas. Come on, anybody, be honest, be honest, all across the house of God. Okay, so how many of you know that is the most, one of the most jarring feelings, is it not? Like you're, because if it's in reverse, your body was like ready to go backwards, but then it went forward and it's like this really awkward feeling. I had this the other day. So my driveway is very long. It's 150 yards long. And thankfully my father-in-law gave me a snowblower. It's the greatest gift in this season since we moved to Antarctica evidently. And um, so I went down the middle of the driveway to blow it to the left and then back to blow it to the right. And so at the turn of the driveway to go into the garage, it just kind of piled up. So honestly, about three feet of snow happened right there. And usually it's just enough where I can back out of the garage and get the, you know, the, the big old car we have because we have a lot of children and because uh, I like my wife and <laughs> some of you that will land later. And so I, I had to like back up and move forward and back up and move forward, you know, to get out. And, um, and so I backed up one time and I thought it was in reverse, but it was actually in drive. And so when I hit the gas, I, I'm sure I damaged the undercarriage of my car coming up on that ice. So you're following me? And it made me think about kind of how life has been for the last 20 months for a lot of us. It's been a lot of, I thought I was going forward, but now I'm going backwards. And I thought I was in reverse, but now I'm in drive. It's been a, how many of you know, it's felt like a lot of stop and start. It's felt like uh, I'm kind of going, but I'm kind of not. And and I thought I was going on the vacation, but now it's canceled. And I thought that I could go to school, but now I'm virtual. And I thought that, and it's kind of like this stop and start. And here's what will happen to us. And it's what psychologists call, we will begin to languish. It's not that we're not thriving. We don't have like vision for our future. We're not moving forward greatly, but we're not depressed. We just kind of are. Just kind of is. It's not good English, but just kind of there. It's like there's no real passion inside. There's no, no, no brighter tomorrow, no faith for the future, no believing God for something greater. It's just kind of like I just am. It's almost like no news is good news. It's, 
It's like, I don't even want to hit the gas because I can't tell. Is it in park? Is it in drive? Is it in neutral? Is it in forward? And a lot of us, that's where our life has gotten to. Our marriages, it's kind of like, eh, it's not great, but it's not bad. So we'll just go with it. And, and in, our, in our walk with Jesus, it's not great, but it's not bad. It's just, we're just kind of languishing. And I, I feel like on assignment today to in the spirit kind of jar you out of that place. To say, no, that this is the year, the word for the year is this, this is the year I believe of forward. It is, it's the time to go, no matter what the headlines say, no matter what is happening at job, no matter what's happening at my school, I'm going to move forward in Jesus, even if it's uphill the whole way. Come on, somebody. I'm moving forward. I take it from Philippians chapter three, where the apostle Paul said this. He said, not that I have already attained or am already perfected but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Brethren, there's a word you ought to bring back. I'm just, I'm kidding, don't do that. I do not count myself to apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting, everybody shout forgetting, forgetting. what is behind and reaching forward. Somebody shout forward. forward. To things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of which the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, this is what he says about the mature, have this mind. Let's be on the same page about this. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. I think Paul was being a little tongue-in-cheek. Let all, all the mature, we're gonna be on the same page. And if you're not mature, God will take care of you too. So in the words of the Apostle Paul, if you don't agree with my message today, let all the mature, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> this is what I want to get in your spirit is a, is a, I'm forgetting what is behind and I'm pressing forward to what is in front of me. I'm pressing forward to the high calling that God has on my life. I want you to get a forward deep, you know, that, that place, that like gritty place inside of you, that, that it's that place inside of you that if someone messed with a family member, Oh, y'all acting so spiritual today. <laughs> Somebody cross your kid, you would cut them in Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Like, I would lay hands on you in the name of Jesus. I'm talking about that part, that deep part in you that, that causes you to press forward when you don't even feel like you got the energy to press forward. I, I'm talking about that part of you that when you feel like life is beating you down, I'm wanting to forward to get down in that deep part of your life where go, I am done settling. I am done settling for less than everything that God has for me. I'm done. I'm done being stuck. I'm done not moving. I want that to get where you go. I'm moving forward. If it's uphill, the whole way, if it's obstacles every two miles, I don't care. I'm not staying here. I'm moving forward towards the high calling that God has on my life. And so I want you to move forward in several areas. If you're a note taker, I want you to write these down. If you're not, I want you to write them down. You know the drill. Number one is I want you to have a forward focus, a forward focus. I want us to reread. Paul said, not that I've already attained. He goes, I'm not perfect by any means. I haven't gotten there yet. Some of us, we don't move forward because we're waiting for it all to be perfect. I'm just telling you, you'll be waiting the rest of your life. You've got to move forward with imperfect progress. He says, not that I've already perfected, but I press on 
that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus laid hold of me. In other words, there's an inheritance I have. And he said, brethren, I don't count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, those things which are behind me, I'm forgetting, and I reach forward to those things. That, that, but this one thing I do, one commentator said that in the original language, Paul almost, he's almost, he's saying it with a real force that, that like, in, in, uh, in music, it's like staccato. It's like you just, you don't really stay on it. You just, you hit it. And that's Paul's, when he said, but one thing, like he wasn't passively saying that. He was saying there, there's such a focus in me that there is, there's one thing I'm focused on. I, I'm not getting pulled to the right and I'm not getting pulled to the left. I'm focusing on this one thing. I'm forgetting what is behind me and I am focusing on this one thing and it is the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I'm not letting things distract me. I'm not letting headlines distract me. I'm not getting lost in the comment section of Facebook. Hello, somebody. But I'm focusing on that which is ahead of me. I'm not letting past mistakes get me off kilter, but I'm focusing on what is ahead of me. I'm not letting past successes get me off track. I'm focusing on what is ahead of me. Here's what I'm praying for some of you today, that you would forget what is behind and you would focus on what is ahead. I'm praying that you get spiritual amnesia in some areas of your life. Like if I could, I would men in black you. Show them age for all of our youth students. Go Google Men in Blacks, this movie with Will Smith. Some of you need spiritual amnesia about your past failures. Because the enemy of your soul continues to bring it up and you forever are the victim. And God couldn't use me and God couldn't work through me because of X, Y, and Z. Paul goes, I got a past. Killed some Christians persecuted some Christians, but I'm forgetting what is behind and I'm pressing forward to the high call of God that is in Christ Jesus. You cannot allow your past mistakes to determine your destiny. His mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. But I would also say some of you need to forget your past successes because your past successes will make you think you got you to where you are. And they will make you think you can get you to where you need to be. Your past successes are the mercy and the grace of God. And so the only reason you should look back is to be grateful and worship God and go, if it had not been that the Lord was on, come on somebody, on my side, where would I be right now? You need a little spiritual amnesia. You need to forget what is behind you. This, this idea that Paul was giving us of forgetting is this. He was saying it's the opposite of remembering. Some of you are like, thanks, pastor. You're a genius. That education paid off. No, it's the opposite of biblical remembering. Biblical remembering is this concept that you dig up something from your history, you bring it into your present so it affects your present. It has potency in your present. That, that's, the, that's the Bible's idea of remembering. So when I remember the goodness of God, I bring up the goodness of God. I dig it up from my history and I bring it into my presence. So whenever I'm struggling and whenever I can't see a light at the end of the tunnel, that is what remembering the goodness of God means. I go back and go, no, but I remember three years ago whenever I was wrestling with this and the faithfulness of God came through. So now I dig up that remembrance. I bring it into my presence so it gives me faith for today and hope for tomorrow. Are you following me? Now, what the Apostle Paul was saying is forgetting is just the opposite of that. 
So no longer will I allow the mistake of my past to be dug up from my history, brought into my present, and keep me stuck from the future and the potential of all of my tomorrow. Paul goes, I forget about persecuting Christians. I forget about being shipwrecked. I forget about all the successes. I forget about planning the churches because I am but this one thing. But this one thing. I'm pressing forward to the call of God on my life. Some of you need a forward focus. You need like what Proverbs says. It says, let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right and do not turn to the left and keep your foot from evil. There's so many things in your life, church, that are wanting to get you to this way. Get your distraction to the right. Get your distraction. No, no, no. God's saying, I'm going to stay focused. I'm going to put on blinders like a racehorse. I don't care what comes out of government officials. I don't care what the next headline is. I don't care what Hollywood's doing. I don't care what my Facebook feed is saying. I don't care what, I don't, I don't care. I got blinders on. I'm not letting anything get me off of what the call of God is on my life. I've got a forward focus. Are you with me? There's a big difference between nostalgia and gratitude. And some of you get stuck in life because you're living in nostalgia. I think the only reason to look back in your life is so that you can have gratitude and it should be expressed through worship. It's the only reason to look back. The only reason to look back is to go, man, look at the goodness of God in my life. Man, look, what, look how far God has brought me so that you can express worship. Nostalgia will do this. Nostalgia will cause you to want to get stuck in the past. Well, I wish it like it was back then. I, I wish it, remember when it was. Remember when, remember when those friendships were the way. Well, if they're not with you now, then maybe they're not a part of your future. And instead of getting stuck in your past, maybe God is trying to move you on to something greater. Are you with me? Like God, it's, you can't get stuck in the past. You can't get, some of us are stuck at February, 2020. I wish it was like that. I wish travel was like that. I wish it would ain't. It's not good English, but it is correct. <laughs> it is not like that. And if you live, you will forever live stuck. Some of you, you've got frozen in time at some point. Well, if they hadn't walked out on the marriage, and I know it's painful, and I know there's grieving in this, and, and I, I wish that it was different in those areas, but you can't live stuck back there, living in nostalgia, hoping it'll one day somehow be like it was at some point. I'm just telling you, God wants you to butt this one thing. I do. I'm focused forward. I've seen it in the life of our church. Nostalgia. I look back and I'm like, I never dreamed, God, you would do this. People used to ask Tammy and I, is the church everything you dreamed of? We were like, we never dreamed this. We're as surprised as everybody else. We're not that good, y'all. I know me. I'm not that good. This is God. But so back, back to the very first location we ever had, the Marshall Center. It's like sometimes I've had people, I just wish it was back like that. I'm grateful for that. But it was an ugly room. 
And in the winter, the metal chairs were freezing cold on your backside. Well, I, I just, I wish it was back to one campus. But tell all the people that got saved in Louisville this year, you wish it was one campus. Tell, tell the families that are restored in Richmond. Tell, tell the parents whose kid actually drugged them to church because they got so on fire for God that, that you wish it was back all fitting in one building. Are you following me? And, and I, I, know, I know change is hard and, 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 and many of you are grieving so many things, but I'm just telling you that if you get nostalgic, you'll get stuck. Look back, be grateful, thank God, worship God. God, you're so good, you're so amazing. I didn't do this, you did this. I didn't get myself here at this point in my life. You got me here, just do that. But don't get stuck back there because the same God that came through back there has so much more for you today and has even more in your future for you tomorrow. He is the God of exceedingly abundantly and above. All that you could ask or imagine. Come on, I want for your life to have a forward focus. I want you to determine, I'm, I'm gonna put the blinders on this year. I'm gonna keep my eyes fixed on Jesus. I'm not gonna get distracted by all the things around me. I'm gonna have a forward focus. If you're with me, say amen. amen. Number two, I want you to have a, a forward pursuit. A forward pursuit. Paul said, I press toward the goal. In other words, let me say it this way. Paul had a lean in in his spirit. He, he had, there was something that caused him to like, like lean into it. Paul was like, when the, when the gun goes off, he was on the starting line ready to, his twitch muscles were ready. He had explosive, you know what I'm saying? Thank you, Tom Brady. God bless you. We've enjoyed it. When to get that in while we're talking about sports. Paul had a lean in in his spirit. Let me, let me say this. I don't know what progress you'll make this year, but I know what posture you can have. The, the results are up to God. Will you move forward two steps? Will you feel like you come back three? Will you move forward 10? I don't know. The results are up to God, but I know that you can have a pursuit. You can have a forward, you can have a lean in in your posture that goes, God, I'm leaning into everything that you have for me this year. I'm gonna pursue everything that you have for me. The word forward means to reach, but it also means to make progress. You can be reaching, but not making progress because the lean in of your spirit you can know all the stuff up here. Some of you are well-educated beyond the level of your obedience. You can know all the stuff up here. You can know I should focus. You, you know all the Bible stories. You've heard all the verses. You memorize all things. You've been all the Sunday school. But there's no lean in in your spirit. There's nothing in you that's going, now I'm gonna lean in, God. I'm gonna press in. Even when it's hard, even when I don't feel like it, even when I don't want to, even when I don't feel like getting up, I'm gonna lean in, God, to everything that you have for me. You gotta have a lean in in your spirit. I want you to have a, a forward pursuit. Not only that, I want you to have a forward faith. A forward faith. In other words, there's something greater. Faith means that, that, that I'm believing God, that there's, there's, there is faith for something more. That where I'm at isn't the ending. I've got faith for something more. I love this verse in in Exodus, you, you, you may remember the story if you're new to church, what is happening. The nation of Israel has been enslaved for 400 years. They've then uh, the plagues came. Maybe you've heard of that. Pharaoh, Pharaoh, baby, let my people go. Like that whole thing happened. And then, um, then we find that they've escaped. Pharaoh realizes, oh no, my whole workforce has left. 
That's a problem. And he comes chasing after them. They got the Red Sea in front of them and they've got Pharaoh's army bearing down behind them. And all of a sudden the nation of Israel is like, you know, crying out to God, like you brought us out here in the wilderness to die. And they're no different than us. Like when hard times come, sometimes we're like, God, you brought us out here to die. Like what's happening? And the Lord says to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go. Everybody shouted to go, to go forward. I think sometimes God is like, why, why are you praying about that again? I've already given you the instruction. Can I tell you something? The promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. That not one good promise of the Lord has ever failed. If God has said a thing, decreed a thing, then you should have a forward faith to step into everything that he has called you to do. Are you with me? I want you to have a forward faith. And faith requires you to take a step. And some of you are like, well, when God lays out the whole plan, I'll take the step. You will be waiting the rest of your life. God often gives you a little glimpse. I think like Joseph in the Old Testament, God gave him a dream. God will just pull back the curtain on your destiny and then close it on you. He pulls it back enough to give you the faith to move forward, but he doesn't show the whole thing because it would freak you out. I really believe that God wants to do so much in your life. If he showed you the whole thing, you'd be like, not me, I can't handle all that. So he just gives you a little bite size at a time, but you've gotta have the willingness to take that step of faith whenever God speaks. Are you with me? I think that's why the Bible gives us this metaphor that it's a, a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Because if you've ever been out in the dark with a lamp like camping, you know it only illuminates a few steps. Some of us want it to be a spotlight unto our feet and an overhead chopper light unto our path. Are you fine? But that's not how God works in your life. And some of you, you're languishing because you haven't yet obeyed the last thing God said. There's not a forward faith to go, okay, God, you spoke, I'll step. You speak, I'll step. You speak, I'll step. Well, when God lays it, God's not gonna lay it all out. You've gotta have a, a forward faith. Paul said, I press towards the high call, and he knew there was something he was, he was taking steps towards. He goes, I haven't got there yet. I'm not perfect. I haven't got it all figured out. Well, pastor, whenever I clean up my life, I'll start taking steps of faith. No, this is the upside thinking of the kingdom of God is that as you take steps, you begin this process of God growing you and maturing you. And if you're waiting till it's all together, you'll never take the step. You've got to just go, I'm going. And can I tell you something? This, I'm more determined than ever in the history of our church to be forward in faith in what God is calling us to do. Because God is building his church. I'm just telling you, not just this one, God is building his church. I was, I was preaching in Maryland Friday night, and I'm just telling you, God's building his church. I, was, I, just, I just thought the church is not dead, it's very much alive. I don't, you, don't believe the headlines, y'all. Don't believe it. Don't believe it. the church is not buried, it's not dead, there is no tombstone made. The church is very much alive, and it's moving forward. Not because we're great, but because Jesus promised it, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He's building his church and he's gonna build it with people that are willing to have a forward kind of faith. And he will build it. He will build it. And I don't know 
if you've ever thought about this, but, but gates are not a, a offensive weapon. No one picks up a gate and starts running into battle with it. It's not like with a gate. No, a gate is a defensive weapon. So a gate is meant to keep something out. So what Jesus is saying here is that the church should be advancing forward and kicking down the gates of hell and they will not prevail against it. So I just want you to know, we're gonna have a forward faith to go. We're gonna kick down the gates that are wanting to rob the next generation of the purpose of God on their life. We're gonna kick down the gates of addiction because Jesus is building his church. We're gonna kick down the gates that are wanting to divide marriage. We're gonna kick down the gates of race we're going to kick down the gates of division because Jesus is building his church and we will advance. We're going to have a forward faith in what God has said, that he's building his church. I love this verse. Jesus talks about this, about John the Baptist. He says, and from the time that John began, Baptist began to preach until now, which is a short period, he said, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and violent people are attacking it. I was reading one commentator's talking about the original language here for forcefully advancing. It's the idea of exploding. In other words, when John the Baptist came on the scene and began to preach the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and he was the forerunner for Jesus, he was pointing to who Jesus was, that Messiah was coming, that whenever he began to preach, from that time till this moment when Jesus said this, the kingdom was forcefully advancing. In other words, it was explosively advancing because when the kingdom of heaven is really preached, people are attracted to it. Are you with me? How could you not be attracted to love and grace and mercy and the power of the Holy Spirit? How could you not be attracted? And so the, the kingdom of God was forcefully advancing. He said, but violent people are attacking it. Pharisees are attacking it. Religious rulers of the day are attacking it. Mobs trying to get Jesus killed are attacking it. So when the kingdom advanced, it, and so people attack it. Here's what I want you to get, because some people think that, that the church in the world is just gonna be like sunflowers and roses. No, a sign that you are advancing is that it is being attacked. If you're doing nothing, no one will say nothing. But if you're doing something, people are ready to attack it. Are you following me? The bigger the influence, the bigger the target. I say, well, God, I'll take the target because no weapon formed against us shall prosper. This is the inheritance of those who know God. So we'll keep advancing the church knowing the target's getting bigger. And so what you've got to determine it is your heart is, God, I'm going to step forward in faith. I'm going to be a part of building your kingdom. God, where you give me influence, but just know there's going to be the attack, but let them talk. Are you following me? Let the naysayers naysay. I don't know what you're supposed to say. <laughs> let the critics criticize. Are you following me? You've got to get thick skin and to keep a sweet spirit. I used to, I got, whenever we first started, God started blessing. I was like, I don't understand why everybody don't like us. People are like, ah, oh, they're too big. They don't, they don't preach the Bible. They're all about money and all this kind of stuff. I was like, people's lives are getting changed. Why aren't you happy about this? And I read this verse. No, when the kingdom of God is advancing, the violent are going to want to attack. But I like... Like Nehemiah, you need to get in your spirit. I can't come off this wall. I'm doing a good work. Come on, somebody put your hands together. You got a forward faith in you. 
Not only that, you need to, we need to have a forward together. I love this thought by John Maxwell. He says, one is too small a number to achieve greatness. Because great churches, great lives aren't built on the talents of a few. They're built on the sacrifice of a lot of people. You cannot do anything of real value alone. Alone. So what Paul was getting at in verse 15 of the text we read, he said, therefore let us as many as are mature have this mind. He wasn't talking about uniformity, he was talking about unity. He wasn't saying you gotta check who you are at the door. He was just saying we all gotta get on this one, that we can agree on this one thing, but this one thing, I'm forgetting what is behind. I'm pressing towards what is ahead. That's the beautiful thing about the kingdom of God is that is that it's only Jesus that brings different colors, different socioeconomic backgrounds. I know this may shock some of you. Different perspectives on who to vote for. I know some of you are having a heart attack right now. You mean everybody here isn't a Republican or a Democrat? No. Somebody sitting beside you could vote differently than you. It'll be okay. But as my dad, who pastored me growing up, would just say, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. The ground is level. And I may not agree on this, and I may not agree on this, but I can agree on but this one thing. I'm forgetting what is behind, and I'm pressing forward to what is ahead. You know, I've, we have four kids. We have uh, two of them, five and three which somehow that equates to a lot of Legos. <laughs> They're from Satan. <laughs> One, because you gotta put them together. And then two, there's always spare pieces laying around your house. I was thinking about this, so you know, I've never stepped on a completed set of Legos. <laughs> it's only the one little demonic one hanging out. <laughs> Come on, somebody, in the carpet by itself. Anybody been there with me? Like hanging out on the carpet. Can I tell you something? That, that in the kingdom of God, we all have a piece to play. And when you are out by yourself, you can become a stumbling block. People don't stumble over the completed set. Actually, they enjoy the completed set. They look at it, they show it to people. It's when that one little leg, when I got, this is my one little gift, I'm gonna take it over here. My gift isn't accepted here. No, just, you want your gift to be on the top of the Lego set. It needs to get in. Is this too much? Come on, you're like, it's Vision Sunday, be more positive. I'm positive that when you are out here by yourself, you're a stumbling block to people. But when you get your gift in to the body of Christ, because some of us are a hand and some of us are a foot and some of us do, and some of us bring mercy and some of us bring grace and some of us bring administration and some of us, and I'm just telling you, we all need each other. I need you. I need every one of you. And guess what? You need me, whether you like it or not. 
And when we move forward together, my Bible tells me that in that place, God commands a blessing. This is why the enemy doesn't have to get you to throw your life away. He doesn't have to get a church to like go off the deep end. He only has to get it like focusing on little itty bitty things that don't matter, that don't matter for eternity and get them distracted this way and distracted that way and arguing about this. And I'm gonna go to a different service because I don't like that person anymore. I'm gonna go to that campus because that dream team are offended me instead of going, no, what is in front of us is too big. The enemy is coming to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus came that we might have life. Heaven is real and hell is real. I don't have time to get down in this little itty bitty things. I'm pre- but this one thing. I'm just telling you, church, we're gonna focus on but this one thing. Because there's too much at stake. There's lives at stake. There's eternity at stake. We don't have time to get down in this pettiness. I'm not getting down in the cesspool of pettiness. I agree with Nehemiah. I've got a great work to do. And it's not just me. You've got a great work to do. Guess what? Together, we've got a great work to do. We've got a great work. A work that lasts for eternity. A work that matters in the lives of people. So we're going to move forward together. Together. Then finally, you still with me? Finally is this. I want you to, I want you for your life, I want you to have a forward vision. I want you to have a forward vision. Every area of your life. It's not too late. Some of you are like, well, the new year has already started. Well, join me and Tammy. It's starting February 1st. Take some time. Maybe this week you take some time and go, I'm gonna have a forward vision. Do you, do you have a forward vision for your family, a forward vision for your walk with God? Do you got vision? What, what do you wanna be? What do you wanna be at the end of the year? What do you want your relationship with Jesus to look like at the end of the year? I want you to, God, give us a forward vision. Forward vision for your parenting, forward vision for kind of leader you're gonna be in on your school campus, a forward vision. Every area of your life, I want you to, I don't, I'm not trying to preach a message that just like, it's all about how can you benefit? No, I, I, the church, no, I want, I want the church to benefit you. I want you to have a forward vision. I believe God has plans for you. I believe God has destiny for you. I believe God wants to build you. I, I wanna see you accomplish everything that God has for your life. So I want you to have a, a forward vision. And I'm just telling you, we've got so much forward vision. I felt like in the last 20 months, I'll be honest, that, that it felt like the pause button would get hit and then the play and then it got paused again. And then play and then pause. So 2022, I just declared, I'm ripping out the pause button so it doesn't exist anymore. And I'm just going with the play button. Come on, somebody, are you with me? And so I'm excited to share with you some forward vision that we have by way of expansion. And so if you would turn your attention to the screen and check out this announcement. We are really excited to announce today the launch of the next location of LifePoint Church in Hampton Roads, Virginia. We're coming home. Over 20 years ago, we felt called to church planting 
And ultimately that led us to New York City and later into denominational roles and where we helped multiply leaders and churches, but we were never the ones to plant. And then in 2020, God made it clear to us that now is the time. For the last 16 years, there probably hasn't been a Sunday go by that I haven't prayed for LifePoint Church and specifically Pastor Daniel. I was originally on the board of overseers that helped Pastor Daniel start the church. And even before that, we served together, Jessica and I did with Pastors Daniel and Tammy while we were up in New York. But over the last year, since we've been serving at LifePoint, we've just fallen in love with the leadership, the church family, the culture. And so we're really excited to uh, be planting a LifePoint family church. Hampton Roads is the second largest metropolitan area in Virginia. There's roughly 1.8 million people living in Hampton Roads. It's made up of nine distinct cities, and our very first campus will be in Norfolk. Norfolk makes sense for the first place for us to launch this ministry because it's just a, a city where if you influence that city, you have real potential to influence the rest of the area. Roughly seven out of 10 people don't go to a gospel preaching church in Norfolk. That's a huge need right there for gospel presence. And even yesterday when our team was um, having lunch, we got to see that uh, brokenness um, right before our eyes. And a man stopped us and begged us for um, just some money. And we said, we don't have any money, but we'll, we'll give you a meal. And um, you are welcome to have a seat at our table. And that's really our prayer, is that we can give the invitation to those that are broken and hurting that you are welcome here. We wanna welcome you home. And that's one of the reasons why we love LifePoint so much is it is a fully alive church and it represents the city. It reflects the people in it. I'm a melting pot child and I wanna be in a church where it's reflecting mm -hmm. all the different cultures yeah. and all the different peoples that are in our city. And that's one of the things that drew us even to Norfolk was it's a very diverse city. And so we're at a place now where we're wanting to go in and just join God with what He's doing through the churches that are already there. And we're wanting to uh, lock arms with people to bring life to that city. In May, we're gonna be making the move. Then in the fall and through the end of the year, we're gonna be doing outreach. Then in January of 2023, we're gonna do 21 days of prayer with LifePoint Global. And at the end of the month, Lord willing, we will launch LifePoint Church, Hampton Roads. So here's how you can help. First and foremost, pray. We need the power of God that comes only through praying to do this ministry. Second, uh, help connect us to your family and friends who live in the area. And lastly, if you're feeling a tugging on your heart right now, maybe it's because God is calling you to be a part of our launch team. We want you to join us in helping people in Hampton Roads become fully alive in Christ.
So good, so good. How exciting is this church? Come on. Another family church. Hey, have a seat for just a moment. This is really a dream. Um, I, I've mentioned this before, but um, this is the couple that gave me my first job in ministry. And um, all the way back in uh, Talladega, Alabama. Yes. And uh, we come a long way since Talladega days. <laughs> but um, just tell us again, you said there at the end, but I just want everybody to know, how can, I think everybody in the church can be involved in some way. And so what are those ways everybody can be involved? Yeah, so first let me just say thank you and honor you. I, we love you guys, you know that. We honestly are here probably because of the two of them. When we were praying about God, where are we gonna go? Who are we gonna go with? Your family. Yeah. And there was just no way we were gonna end up anywhere else. And so we love you, love thank you for everything. But I will say this, we're gonna be a life point church because of you, because of everything we've learned, everything we've been a part of, the family, the culture, the dynamic. And we just wanna say thank you for all that you've poured into us over this last year. It's been incredible and meaningful. So here's what you can do. Everyone can be involved. Number one, pray. We, we're praying. I'm really hoping God will give us 500 intercessors. 500 intercessors that will actually join with us. Little prayer, little power. Some prayer, some power. Much prayer, much power. Yeah. So we need a whole bunch of you joining with us. Uh, link up with us on Instagram or Facebook, and, and we would love to connect with you and get you on our intercessor team. Uh, secondly, connect us with people uh, that you know that live in Hampton Roads. Uh, many of you uh, have friends and family there. Some of you, uh, I've, I've met people actually who live there who were here today. So wow. maybe something's coming closer for you, but connect us, pray for us, and then thirdly, I'll let you speak. Yeah, we just, we know that there's somebody in this room that God might be prompting you to go with us. Sure. We need a team. And just like Pastor said, we can't do this alone. We have to do this together. So we're praying for people that would be a part of our launch team. And so if that's something that you're feeling tugging on your heart right now, we've got a booth. We're gonna be back there. We'd love to take you out for a cup of coffee, get to know you. Let's hear how our stories align and see what God might be up to, because we'd love to join together and be in this as a team. Yeah, we, go ahead, babe, sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say, I got something to say. Hi there. Hey. Hey. Um, so January has felt like the longest year of our life. Anybody have that with me? That's why we, we literally are starting February 1st. You can join us. Um, but one of the things I did in January was I purged my closet. And uh, I know, it's rough. And when you, when you make room for something, you gotta get rid of stuff, right? So I invited my sister to come over to help me purge my closet because sometimes getting rid of things is difficult. And uh, that's what I wanna say to you today because God might be calling you to make room in your life for something different that might be difficult for you. But when he calls you to it, he makes a space to fill with even more than you could ever ask or imagine. And I wanna tell you that today is a joyful day and today is also a bittersweet day because this couple means the world to us. And we first got married, these were our pastors. These were our pastors. And then God in his kindness brought us back together again and we got to serve together again. And then God in his kindness said, and now they're gonna leave you again. <laughs> And, and that stirs a lot of emotions, but when God is in something, 
you trust him, you believe that he's got their best interest, our best interest, most importantly, his best interest in mind, and we can trust him in that. So I just wanna reiterate and encourage you today. It is nothing for you to pray. They should have 500 intercessor prayers at the end of today. Any one of us can do that. But I would really ask you to really pray and ask the Lord, God, what, what else can I do? How else can I be a part of this? Because we all get to be a family and we all get to see the kingdom of God grow together. And I believe with all my heart that Hampton Roads and the surrounding area is gonna be changed because of the love of Jesus Christ and because of the obedience of Pastor Eddie and, and Pastor Jess. So um, I love you. I know it's hard to make room, but pray, ask God. Ask God what he's asking of you today. It's great. You should take her to like recruit with you. Well, I'm coming to the beach, so don't you worry. I'm coming to visit. Some of you are like, yes, Lord, the beach. I'm coming. <laughs> hey, I, I wanted to take a moment, too, and say thank you to um, just how generous our church is and all of our kingdom builders who give over and above. Um, because some of you may be thinking, can we give to this? And I just wanna say, you already have, and you are, and um, so the, it's just, it's the great thing we think about. It's not the only way to plant churches, but about this model, is you, you launch with such strength. Um, I was just talking to Pastor Sean this morning early, and he just said, I just love these days. It just reminds us that we have strength. We're just not out here on our own trying to like make a church plant and how hard that is, but we have strength together, and so we're just grateful for your generosity. And they will be visiting all of our locations, so you'll get to see them face-to-face, uh, -face, meet them in your foyer, have conversations. And, um, but make sure Ham LifePoint Hampton Roads is all the social media, right? LifePoint Hampton Roads, LifePoint Hampton Roads. Go follow them right now on Instagram, Facebook, um, and, uh, and you can DM them. You can slide into their DMs. <laughs> All of my young staff is like, hey, will you stretch your hands towards them? Let's pray together. Father, we're just so grateful today that we get to be a part of building your church and we get to do it in this season. Wouldn't choose another time in history. We get to advance your church. We're grateful. I thank you for Pastors Eddie and Jess and all they mean to us. Thank you for the years of friendship and now the opportunity to serve your kingdom together in this way. I just pray for a fresh anointing, unusual anointing, uh, something they've never had before. As they step out, I pray for a new grace, for the calling. Thank you, God, that you're building your church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I pray for everyone this morning that maybe you're beginning to speak to them. Would their hearts be open, available? may feel crazy to everyone around them, sell my house, uproot my life, find a new job. But God, I pray that you'd give them clarity, move Holy Spirit, do what only you can do. We pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. Hey, if you would pray with me at every location, every head bowed, every eye closed. I want to take a moment before we dismiss you and you know we never like to end the service without giving you the opportunity to meet Jesus I feel like we'll fail you if we inspire you but
don't introduce you to the thing that can really transform your life. So today, I believe there's some of you that you need, a, you need a fresh start, you need a new beginning. If I were to sit down with you at, over coffee and just say, are you far from God? You, you would go, yeah, I feel that way. That's me. And I just want you to know that Jesus came into the earth to save sinners, to forgive us, change us, make us new. You can have a new beginning, a fresh start today. Some of you, you there was a season where you really felt like you were walking with God and that's not been the case lately, and today's the day. This is the moment to renew that relationship. And just a moment, we're gonna pray together as we always do as a church. And before we do that, I'm gonna count to three. When I do, I just want you to shoot your hand up. No one looking around. We wouldn't embarrass you for the world. I just wanna know who I'm praying with. Our campus pastors would like to know. And if that's you, you'd say, Pastor, that's me. I need a fresh start today. I need a new beginning. The Bible says that Jesus makes all things new. If that's you, when I count to three, you just shoot your hand up real high, high enough and long enough for us to see. On three, one, two, three, you just shoot it up. God bless you. I see you on the floor in the uppers. God bless you, you can put it down. Church, will you pray this out loud together for the benefit of those who just slipped their hands up? Just say, Jesus, I need you. I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. I believe you died for me. I believe God raised you from the dead. Today, I make you my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. Come on, everybody said a big amen. Come on, let's celebrate those who made that decision. Thanks for joining us for today's message. Feel free to rate, review, and share with a friend. If you'd like to find out how you can get involved or partner with us financially, visit lifepoint.org or download the LifePoint app. Thank you for your generosity. We can do so much more together than we ever could apart. See you soon.